And good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing today, Harvey? I'm amazing. How are you? Oh, it's an exceptional day in the interior of British Columbia. And that's a place to be, i got to tell you. I'm sitting here in beautiful, in Vancouver area, and the sun is shining, and uh, my herons have flown away. I know that's kind of weird, but there was a heron nest outside my place here, uh, tweeting up a storm, and I don't want to tell you what the sidewalk looks like. <laughs> I bet not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, being what it is right now, summertime being what summertime is, uh, what do you think's going out there in the market? Well, it's funny because I heard a story in the, on the news today about how busy the uh, campgrounds have been and the, the parks in, in, in our province. And I'm sure it's the same across the rest of Canada and, uh, talking to a lot of RV dealers and everyone seems to be, you know, uh, running out of inventory because the, uh, everyone wants to go camping. You know, it's interesting because what's been created due to the lack of uh, travel outside the country or even intra-provincially in some cases, people are just getting into vehicles, cars, RVs and exploring their own country. Yeah, well, you know, and, and having this little bubble, it, it, I think it's easier to include a small group when you're when you're, you know, socializing in that way. Yeah. And you know what? I think people are also excited about buying something new and you know the three months of lockdown for some people and of course others have been locked down for a little longer um really this gives people a chance to spread their wings get out and explore i think salespeople, and i'm sure everybody is salespeople should be pumped up encouraged and and when seeing a client recognize the fact that these are buyers not lookers anymore yeah, I was talking to someone on the weekend and, and uh, they're a professional salesperson and they said, not not in our industry, but they said it's it's interesting because um, they themselves have a budget for travel and they were planning on going away. And of course, now they're they're not. So what are they going to use that money for? And I think you're going to see a lot more people not just buying RVs, but, you know, treating themselves to a new car, getting that 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 feeling of of you know they've accomplished something it's something new it's exciting and uh, it it really boosts the people's morale and and uh, helps them feel better yeah and i mean if you think about it if you get right down to the basics of stuff what's the purpose of getting something new i mean there's two reasons you people get something new one for absolute necessity but the other one is to satisfy some other need which in many cases is to feel good yeah you bet you bet and it's you know I think this this whole mentality that that people have had in the the uh, second quarter of this year um, there's been a lot of depression there's been a lot of uh, a lot of anxiety and uh, now it's it's time for people to you know help them boost themselves feel better and uh, and then I think we're going to see the same thing in the economy. Where does price come into it? I mean the biggest mm. objection right that we always hear is price. And although price is always important, but when it comes down to emotional, as far as purchase is concerned versus necessity, where does price come in? Well, isn't it true that, it, you know, if you want something bad enough, you're prepared to pay? One would think so. One would think so. I mean, we've <laughs> seen it in the industry. Uh, I, I can go back a few years. Some folks uh, 
may not have had the luxury of living through new model introductions. When I say new model, I'm not talking about an upgrade. I'm talking about an absolute new car. So when right. the Volkswagen Beetle was reintroduced after years of being uh, extinct, so to speak, or dormant, people paid more retail for it than they actually had to. Yes, definitely. And uh, it, it's right now with the shortage of supply coming into play. I was at a Harley dealership last last week. Me too. And uh, they're going <laughs> to run out of motorcycles, you yeah. know, and, and they can't they can't get the inventory. So now they've got people lining up, you know, demanding to get put on the list. You know, get me a bike. And people are making the decision to take a bike that wasn't necessarily the bike they really wanted. But hey, you gotta you gotta take what you can. And and when and even pay for it. I mean, there are times when you know you want what you want, you and, and when you want what you want, price becomes secondary. We always have to put the disclaimer right, Doug, within reason. But if somebody really wants something, ah, uh, I'll find a way to justify it and do it. Absolutely. And yet salespeople still discount. Well, they think they have to. They, they, that's their go-to in normal times. So why wouldn't they? Uh, and and it, here's the thing. Some people don't recognize the, uh, the desire or maybe their customers aren't are playing the game with them and not showing their, their true desire of the product. But still, it's, that seems to be the go-to to some, some salespeople where they feel they have to give a discount in order to make a deal. So why is that? Uh, you know, I, I have a perception, but let's throw a couple back and forth. In some cases, the price is high for the salesperson. So therefore, the salesperson doesn't think she or he could afford it. So therefore, it cuts the price because they feel it's expensive. So the client must. Well, that is so true. We get clouded by our own impressions, you know, and, and uh, it's funny because you can have a person sitting in front of you that makes $20,000 a year and they think that uh, 50 bucks is a lot of money. And you can have a person who makes $400,000 a year and they might think uh, $50 is a lot of money, but they might also think that $50,000 is a lot of money in comparison. So it's, you know, you have to, you have to really kind of read the customer and figure out where they're at and not, not let your own um, situation or your own impressions cloud your presentation. Okay, so perception, self-perception creates obviously, and it's obvious, uh, neither a positive or a negative thing, because if you really, really, really believe something is worth it, price as a salesperson is cheap. If you, it, it, how, How's this for an example, Doug? New model introduction, regardless of what the product is, new model introduction in a vehicle. Price goes up 2%. Salesperson was used to selling it at the 2% cheaper price last year. Now this year it's 2% more. Maybe something in the finance office has gone up. Maybe a mechanical breakdown has gone up a couple of percentage. And as a result of that, the person who's so used to selling it at a cheaper price now thinks the 2% is a lot of, a, of an increase and gets a little shy. Yes, definitely. Um, you think about environmental protection in the finance office. The, uh, you know, what we used to call the uh, rust and dust. We used to call the, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the pro pack. And I remember uh, when I was in the finance office, the uh, retail value of that was at $699. Yeah. And years later, Dealerships were still selling it for that much because the finance manager didn't think they could sell it for more. It, even though the price of vehicles went up, 
And you would think the value of this product would go up, you know, at, at the same uh, at the same level. But it, it wasn't until a few dealerships understood that, uh, you know, it's trying to retail this at, at a discounted value was actually devaluing the product. So so yeah. the salesperson sometimes becomes her or his own worst enemy when she or he is believing that the product she or he is selling is not worth what they're selling it for. Yeah, that is so true. Right. It is so true. And that becomes obviously a self-defeatist scenario. So suddenly the client and for lack of, and I don't want to make this sound bad, but uh, as a shark will smell blood, supposedly a client will too. They'll feel the fear and realize in some cases that, you know what, you don't think your product is worth it. So why don't I ask for a discount? And so they should, if given the opening. <laughs> don't we see that all the time when it comes to credit insurance, Harvey? Oh, yeah, <laughs> ab absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, and the finance office, which is a little, you know, it's not different and it is different. I guess I, I'm going to put myself in a, a controversial or shall we say a, a, a little questioning back and forth here scenario. Uh, but the finance office is an office which markets products designed to be able to make people's lives better and prevent discomfort. The sale on the floor of the vehicle is designed to create um, a pleasurable experience, something people can be excited about, unless it's a bare necessity purchase, right, Doug, where I, I was in a car accident or whatever, heaven forbid, and, and I have to replace the thing because sure. uh, I'm in trouble now financially. I have to downsize because I can't afford what I had. But for the most part, it's a pleasurable experience because what they're buying is something they really like. Why does price have to take that away? from the excitement of the purchase. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, our customers, have, they've, for the most part, they've worked hard to get their money. Sure. And they want to make sure that, that at least they see value in what is being offered. And so many times I think that portion of the process is cut short. You know, the, the finance manager doesn't spend the time building value or, or doesn't recognize what the customer's definition of value is going to be. So, you know, it's an uphill battle. Um, yeah, but you take a look at I, other I, products. OK, Let, let's throw this for a second. You take a look sure. at Louis Vuitton. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing sure. that right. Or Cartier, Cartier, uh, which is a, a, a purse, a place that sells uh, ladies handbags. And or Jimmy I, I, Sorry? What's or that? Jimmy Choo's. Oh, yes. I mean, these are big names, right? So the question is, you could buy um, a purse, I guess, uh, at Walmart uh, for 20 bucks. Uh, you can yeah. buy a Louis Vuitton purse for $4,000. They both carry the same stuff. Why would someone pay the $4,000 when they could buy the thing for the $40. It's emotional. It's emotional. So it makes them, it, it takes them to a different level. You know, it just gives them that sense of, of uh, completion, whatever it is, you know, is there a way that we can take that experience and translate it into what we're talking about? Well, there has to be, because if the person is buying the Louis Vuitton purse, and there are people, by the way, that buy counterfeit Louis Vuitton purses. Yeah. So they want the logo yeah. on there. The logo is more <laughs> important than the purse. They want to give other people the impression that they've got it. Yes. Because it's fake. 
I mean, this isn't just a person. It's a Louis Vuitton. If it's not what you're carrying, then you're not allowed to be in my presence. I'm not knocking the concept. What I'm simply suggesting is that people are not buying a purse at that point. They're buying what the purse actually makes them feel like or makes them feel important within their peer group. Look at me. Coach, for example, has these beautiful purses and things. I'm not a purse buyer personally, but I've been with people who buy purses. And I got to share with you that there are people who line up to buy this stuff just so they can have the logo on the side. Hey, you know, my wife worked with a, a young girl who uh, spent the money on a on a Louis Vuitton purse and then never used it because she was so worried that it was going to get stolen. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you justify that? Well, there are people, I'm sure, that do that with jewelry, right? Have the jewelry, the piece of art, and they hide it in a room. But it makes you feel good for having it. Well, in the same concept, regardless of whether a vehicle is a collector's item or not, the reality is people are buying something to feel good unless it's necessity. Let's push the 20% the necessity out of the room for a moment. You've got 80% of people who are buying things to feel good and price is something that is really interesting because although everybody wants to negotiate price, sometimes people feel better when they pay more for something than when they pay less or even a discounted price. If you bought a, a new F-150 pickup and on the side it said, you know, in decals, it said full five-year mechanical electrical breakdown protection. Okay, let's just just go with me on this for a second. Okay. So there's a truck and this is printed on the side and it became a thing where everyone goes, oh, you got that with that? That's fantastic. Do you think customers would start coming into the dealership and I want that exact same one? I want it with the full five-year mechanical electrical breakdown protection. Yeah, got to be a bunch. Got to be a bunch because yeah. there's excitement. Well, sure. And, and uh, whether it's GM, whether it's Ford, whether it's Chrysler, whether it's any of the manufacturers, they put a decal on the side of the vehicle. And that decal usually describes one of the... Um, uh, one of the build codes for the units, like it, it might be a, 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 a ZR1, it might be a, a, a FX2, whatever they are. But then the customers come in and they say, I want that truck with that. Not realizing that it's a build code, not realizing that, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it references the, the suspension or whatever. They're, they're buying it because it's got that on the side and the recognition that they're going to get from their neighbors or friends. I got to tell you, years ago, a lot of listeners won't know this, but a lot of years ago, uh, a Corvette was used as a pace car in a big race. And so that year <laughs> when they actually had that, they stuck the word on with decals on the side of this Corvette pace car. And everybody came, we couldn't keep the inventory because everybody wanted the pace car. You probably still see one or two in some garage somewhere. And it was a Corvette like with a pace car decal on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it wasn't even used as a pace car. It was a replica of the pace car. That's exactly, exactly <laughs> right. So when for those who are listening to this, price becomes an issue that becomes something more of an importance for the salesperson in some cases than it does for the prospect who's buying it. Because, yes, we're not naive, right, Doug? Price is important. People want a deal. But the reality still is we as salespeople have to believe our product is worth what we what it should be worth when it's being offered. We can't be afraid. No, we can't. You know, and, and you look at uh, 
what people were selling toilet paper for just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. into to reality what was being charged in the store it was ridiculous but uh you know maybe that's a huge that, that's a huge example that really is <clears throat> sorry because people really and truthfully were paying whatever it takes for hand sanitizer for toilet paper for paper towels going crazy and and fighting with each other to get it yeah 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 maybe we need to create that kind of uh um reaction in the in the finance office <laughs> Well, you know, that's not so outlandish because if people really believe something is worth it, then they're going to buy it. And if the salesperson yeah. marketing it is only selling it based on a presentation, which sounds like a pre-rehearsed patter, and it sounds as if it's a, and, and I'm not saying this to put anything down, please don't misunderstand. But if people sound like they're saying a rehearsed presentation or a presentation, and it, it's an on and on drone of conversation, there is no excitement there. You're not talking about something that's going to be a almost live with or live without scenario. You've got to create excitement. You've got to create desire. People aren't buying the product. People are buying the experience. Yeah. Hey, Harvey, have you ever been to the uh, the big, uh, like the P&E or the uh, C&E or, or whatever sure. they're called? You know, the big expositions. And they've got the tent with the uh, with the products in it. You know, and, and you'll have the yeah. guy with the special knife or the girl with the, you know, the new um, juicer or whatever. How, how many would you like? And <laughs> exactly. And, and they get a big group around their table and, and people are, man, they're just going nuts. They're listening and, and the frenzy starts and everyone needs one. You know, it, it's this is proof of, of how excitement can change person, uh, you know, people's beliefs it, 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 and their buying practices. There was a lady who, who traveled the country and I had a chance to talk to her a couple of times. She was, uh, all I can recall, blonde lady uh, selling the pink solution, which was some kind of stuff in a bucket that looked like a melted sponge and it cleaned sure. everything. I bought buckets of that stuff. I was never able to clean anything, but that's probably me. She was amazing. She was <laughs> contagious the way she sold. Sure, sure. And never I, I asked for a sip- discount. Cleaner, but don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody listening to this, for real, when we sell things, the first thing we do when somebody backs off, somebody gives us a bit of an objection, we cut price. We start adding things in packages because we feel we have to give this away to sell that. And in many cases, we give interest rate away because we believe the client comes up with the objection. I can get it cheaper at my bank. Or, you know what, your interest rate is too high. And the first thing salespeople do is panic and give it away. Well, they don't recognize that a reaction is just a reaction. It doesn't necessarily have to be an objection. Correct. And sometimes they're just trying at a, trying us out for size. I want you to imagine the Pillsbury Doughboy for a second or the Michelin Man. And what I'm trying to paint a picture of is that uh, rotund sort of situation and you have someone poking him in the belly to try to get their attention just to see what kind of a reaction you're going to get. Okay, your price is too high. Sure. Now, one of two things can occur. person who says it's worth it and, you, and fight for it and, def- and defend it or you can have a salesperson that says, okay, if I can match your price, will you buy? It works, but you don't have to do that so fast. No, you know, you don't. It, it's in, And sometimes when you put up the resistance, when you... Uh, you know, you don't you don't give in, then the customer is going to question their own 
uh, uh, course of action. And they're going to come back and say, well, maybe this is worth it. Maybe I should listen. Let's talk about two products that actually do that. One more so people will know about than the other. But I will share two products. One, I'll give you the lesser of the two. SAS Shoes. SAS Shoes, great brand. You don't see them uh, all over the place. There's usually a store in a major central area. Okay? Try asking for a discount on SAS Shoes. Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen. They won't do it. You say, I'm going to walk out without it. They go, have a good day. Not allowed to give a discount. Sure. The only time you get a discount is when an email comes out and it says 10% off and people may be flocking to the store to save the 10%. But the other people, and everyone has heard of these guys, Apple. Yes. No discounts on Apple. I don't see anybody walking up without buying 67 iPhones, 47 watches, 67 pairs of AirPods, EarPods. God knows what else they're buying. They're lined up. You go into any shopping mall when people are normal and COVID isn't around. The Microsoft store, they're walking around bowling in there because the floors are empty. You walk into an Apple store, you can't get in. Am I right? Oh, 100%. You bet. No No discounts. No discounts. Yeah. How does that work? Hey, it's it's that emotional uh, attachment that people have for those products. You know, it's, it's the emotional want and desire to get it. And I got to get the most up to date. You know, anytime you can create a frenzy where people will line up, then discount doesn't need to be the, the go to. So in the finance office, therefore, if somebody says, you know what, give me a discount. Do you realize, by the way, everybody listening to this, this is an interesting thing. Uh, Years ago, people would walk into a car dealership. This is before my time, your time. And they would ask the price of a car. And if horse trading wasn't actually known at the time, because people used to actually bid on horses too, check the teeth, see how much the horse was worth, and ask for a discount. Everybody wants a bargain. But if the car is rare, hard to get, no, no discounts. You pay total price. Yes. The minute you start discounting interest rate, discounting price in the finance office, you do realize you're training them for the next generation of asking for discounts. Hold your price. Respect your product. Respect the office. The products are worth it. You don't have to discount so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You know, I, I used to, when I had hair, I uh, used to <laughs> go to this uh, uh, young woman who, uh, she did a great job hiding the scalp for me. And uh, she was all excited. She had just got her first brand new car. Now she was 21 years old and working in a salon. And um, I I don't think, you know, she had a real high income, but uh, she had a lot of talent and I'm sure she's done very well. She got her first new car and she was very excited. And she said to me, Doug, you know what? I paid cash and I saved $4,000. And I looked at her and I said, wow, congrats. You paid cash? Congratulations. That's something. She said, well, I didn't really. I got the money from my own bank. But, you know, the dealership had this, you know, cash pricing, say, $4,000. So she said, I walked in with cash and I saved $4,000. That was an example of poor advertising on the manufacturer's part and creating the impression that customers had to walk in with cash and they would get yeah. if they did. Well, truth of the matter is, they ended up losing the opportunity to set up financing for their customers because they, they framed the customer's perception to take care of it before they got there. Yeah. 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 Once you go that route, then you're also training the customer, hey, offer to pay cash for these other products and we'll give you a discount for that too. The fact of the matter is, in order to be able to sell, 
in order to be able to maintain price. Would you agree, Doug? You got to have the courage. You got to have the belief. When I say courage, you got to have the courage to ask the questions. You got to have the courage to have staying power in regards to not giving up so fast. And you got to believe in your product to the point that you think it's worth it. Because if you don't think it's worth it, that's going to show. That will be contagious. People will pick up on it and they're going to go for the discount whenever they possibly can. And so they should. Listen, Harvey, you, you hit the nail right on the head. You got to believe in what you're selling. You got to see value in the product that you're offering the customer. And if you don't think that uh, by providing the customer with a, 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 a mechanical breakdown electrical protection policy that they're going to save money, then guess what? You're going to go to discount. If you don't believe that that credit life and disability could save the customer in event of tragedy, then you're not going to offer it to your customer. It's, it could be that simple, Harvey. And here's a classic scenario. People have said to us, I know they've said it to you, Doug, they've certainly said it to me and to anybody in this business, okay? You know what? The disability, and, and not to harp on disability and life insurance all the time, but the disability and life insurance raises the payment too much. But you know what? So does the mechanical breakdown protection. But if the finance manager believes it's worth it, it doesn't raise the payment too much in their mind. If they believe in the protection program designed to keep the vehicle looking as beautiful as it can for as long as it can, that doesn't seem to raise the payment too much. But as soon as it becomes disability and life insurance, that raises the payment too much. The fact of the matter is that's such a crucial product because it's the one thing that's protecting the thing that allows the people to buy what they want next time which is their good credit lose that you can't buy anything well it's all relative to the price of the vehicle though so first of all if you're looking at the the setup of the payment it it might be that the customer's looking at too much vehicle for for affordability if they can't it, i i like to to look at this i like to compare this with the mortgage test you know now there's mortgage tests where the the, uh, the customer has to qualify for uh you know a larger sure. payment than what they'd be comfortable for to make sure that in the event interest rates go up they can still afford to stress their house yeah stress and that's stress exactly so maybe we need to do a little stress test with the customer. Hey, this is what you can afford. And by reframing their perception of affordability and, and getting them to understand what, what the bank's going to look at as far as affordability will actually allow them room for not just the car, but the protection on themselves and the vehicle. Once again, well, what you're bringing up is huge. And in actual fact, somebody may have a, mis, a misunderstanding of their own ability. So what they'll do is they'll say, I can afford this, which is fine. So they buy the vehicle based on what their affordability is. Now, we call it into the financial institution. We get an approval based on what they told us. Nobody has lied to the financial institution, meaning the client didn't lie to us. We didn't lie to the bank. And then we got an approval for X number of dollars over. This means now the client does have the availability of some extra money, right? Okay, so now we share that with the client, letting them know what is available. If people stop thinking about the finance products as products and started thinking to them as safety options for the vehicle, meaning an airbag in a car is a safety option, brakes are a safety option, well, you know what? Paint protection is a safety option to keep the value of the vehicle for the future. What's that worth? And if you talk about lost key fob, type of products. If you lose a key fob, let me tell you, at the time, you're going to wish you had the product. So if you had an option in the vehicle that helped you find the key fob, wouldn't that be a cool thing? Non-existent. But through First Canadian, there is a thing that we can do to push a button, basically, and pop up with a new key fob for you. So it's find a fob. 
basically. So these are options that people are going to be able to buy. If we believe in these things more so than the, the money that the people have in their pocket, that's when it becomes important. What do you want to make your life better? And isn't that what money is for? Stop discounting. Believe in your product. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And stop asking the customer, what do you want to spend? Because I, oh. I got to think, hey, anybody in their mind, if they're, if they're asked how much they want to spend, they're going to say nothing. <laughs> Without a doubt. So listen, everybody, the next time somebody says to you, you know what? I think I can get a discount or it should be cheaper. You know, a great word track you could say is, I know you feel that way. Lots of people feel that way. But if I could prove to you it was worth it, would you get it? Because you know what, if they say yes, all you have to do is prove it. And you prove it how, Doug, right? With testimonials, you prove it with past performance. You prove it with the fact that what life could be like with it versus without it. Because in the event that people happen to believe that the money is going to help them later on, so they got a few bucks in the bank, but when they're stuck in the middle of nowhere and they need help, the money in the bank might not help them as much as this, this, this special thing they may have in the vehicle to protect them. You know, and, and to your point of earlier, anytime you give in, anytime the customer says, hey, I'm looking for a discount. Hey, come on. Can't you do better than that? And you give in, then that's going to happen again. You know, they're going to they're going to follow that path more and more. And what ends up happening is as a finance manager, you start looking for product that is based on price alone instead of the total value that you're giving the customer, instead of the total quality that you give customers. That's huge. That's so huge, Doug. And you know what? When you start to cherry pick your own product, what you think is important for the client, suddenly what you do is you put the client into a scenario where they can accept it, but they can also push back. And the more they push back, the greater the chance they buy less. You have to offer the entire thing for them. Yes. You and I, we've, we've spoken to finance managers all across the country, and we know that the best finance managers out there believe in the products. They see value in the products. They're not discounting the products. And the customers are walking away happy. The customers are walking away protected. And when the time comes, and it does come, that they need the protection, they've got it. And wouldn't you rather have it and not need it than need it and not I have love it? that saying. It's amazing. But here's the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing, Doug. We as, And we're running a little over time, but I'll just throw this at everyone for a second. The real reality of this is this. If we as salespeople believe in our product with every ounce, every molecule in our bodies, that is contagious. Stop talking about price. Stop talking about the basics of this. Start talking with passion and start allowing people to see the future. And with the future with the product, how life could be. And the future without the product, how life could be. And now the price becomes secondary if it's really exciting. True. 100%. Harvey, it's always a pleasure talking with you. And uh, folks, don't forget Coffee Talk. You're listening to us today. We're on every week. And uh, sometimes it's just nice to perk up your day. And don't forget, you know what? You could agree with us and disagree with us, right, Doug? You could basically be listening to this and go, you know what? It doesn't work here. My customers are different. So if you happen to have any of those thoughts going through your mind, tweet us at at Coffee Talk, uh, FCI Coffee Talk. 
and let us know what your thoughts are. So it's FCI Coffee Talk. So you tweet us at any time. And of course, you can text us at any time with your questions or email us or talk to your uh, account managers and throw some concepts back and forth and we'll get them and we're going to respond live on the next program because you know what? This is all about you. But don't discount if you don't have to. Right, Doug? Hang in there. Your products are good. You got it. 100%. Believe in you. That sounded so nice. <laughs> Didn't it? Thanks on everybody. Thanks for everybody for joining us on behalf of First Canadian. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day. Share this, please, with all of your F uh, First uh, Canadian buddies and in the finance office world. And remember that we are there basically to share just great ideas. We'll see you next week on Coffee Talk or hear you on Coffee Talk. How's it go? Take care. Everybody. You too. Bye-bye.